Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, and I'll be your storyteller for the evening. On tonight's episode, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. I attempted to edit around it, but Cass and Marcy sometimes fade out of it. This episode includes a lot of things, like comic book debuts, classes are had, and then a field trip, as we officially begin the second story arc, Exalted Eleven. This is Exalted vs. World of Darkness, Friendly Neighborhood Exalts, Episode 11, Flawless. Um, so you guys are still in the, uh, the basement of Del Posto. How are you guys getting out? First question. How dead is that sacrificial body? Pretty fucking dead. Okay. So no saving that. Cool. Unfortunately. Uh, Liv, you, uh, mind opening a door again if you can because I don't think being the last people to see leave a basement with a dead body in it would be good our uh, our essence is full again right uh, it should not have restored yet okay that is fine uh, give me one second here I suppose and I'll spin the two essence to open up another portal and take all my goons with me. So these guys are now your goons? Yeah. Okay. So you guys yet again uh traverse into the uh into the Shadowlands. It is just as colorless and spooky as it was the first time around two weeks ago. I don't like it. You you don't like it, and uh, Leonard is probably incredibly uncomfortable like before because his mark that says, "Hey, I'm a, I can detect creatures of darkness" is just going off constantly. Wait, does does mine do that too? Since I'm a solar, or no? No, he, uh, he took a uh, merit that lets him do that. Mister Blue Sky plays in the background for Louv. Wrong. You are incredibly comfortable here. It's like you're at home or something. Sun is shining in the sky. <laughs> yeah, I mostly wanted to uh, do that to figure out if you guys were gonna, I don't know, like torch the place or something. Get rid of all evidence. Nah. It'll be fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't think arson's on my list. I mean, Cass can always just, you know, leave a lit cigarette near some paperwork. It's fine. I don't, I don't know if we possess the means to actually, like, if someone was going to actually try looking for us, I don't know if we possess the means to stop them from finding us, considering who we just killed. I mean, theoretically, if you guys uh, ask Christina to do it, uh, they would probably never find her. Yeah. Keyword is her. Yeah. Okay, so you guys traverse the Shadowlands, eventually getting back to the Skull Campus. And there, I assume that you uh, either rip open another thing or just kind of wait for the shroud to lower far enough on in, in the clubhouse that you guys can just walk across normally. I think I like the second idea. As itchy as it feels. 
the second idea is probably the better one. So you guys hang out in the uh, the clubhouse with the uh, with the the kids. The Isokin kids. Yes, with, with the comic book club. Do you guys tell them what you just did? Uh, do you guys update like uh, what the story that they're working on? So, anyways, I started kicking. The tall one, uh, Bryce, just kind of looks at you and goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay. You just started kicking. So uh, what then? Uh, who were you kicking?" I ne- we never uh, wait. No, we ha- do have his name, Papa Giovanni. Right in the face. All right. So you uh, you murdered the with founder my boot of and a- the edge of morning sunlight. You you mor- you murdered the founder of a pizza joint. Good job. Well, it's he committed suicide, really. Yeah, Francis Milliner just you know up and did things he really shouldn't have. It's not delivery. It's delivering. The uh, the writer ghost looks up and goes, "Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that." Correct one three. Anyway, guys, we'll have the uh, we'll have the first draft of the uh, of the first issue uh, ready to go in a couple of days. Uh, but do, do you guys have any like suggestions for like what the comic book title should be? No, I don't. Can't okay. say I do either. Okay, uh, yeah, we've been kicking around a few. Then, if you guys don't mind, we'll just uh, make something up, and then we'll show, and then we'll just distribute it. Love kind of just trucks. Whatever makes you enjoy it the most. Yeah, it's your comic book. He gives you a thumbs up. The artist ghost, the silent one, just continues to write while the, the colorist is looking out wistfully out the window in the direction of the medical campus. And eventually the shroud lowers from basically having too much supernatural activity in one area. And you guys can step over into the real world and go have a nice night's rest. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, y'all can have a good night's sleep. What's wrong, buddy? Nightmares. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, it's not pretty. You, you want to talk about it? It's... I don't know if there's much to say about it. They just, you know, wake me up in the middle of the night. And, you know, it's dreaming about dying. Well, do you ever want to talk about it? You have the dead man telling the solar that he can talk to him about his premonitions of death. You know, the guy who actually died might be able to help you work through your visions of dying. Yeah, if anybody gets it, it's him. Yeah. Time is going to pass uh, rather rapidly here as we're going to have like a couple scenes play out and the uh, like stuff is just going to kind of happen as that like sometimes, you know, things are really interesting like the first week that you guys exalted and then sometimes it, it's just school and you got to get through the the bullshit, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. So, one of the first things uh, that does happen that you guys notice while that you're going through, uh, going to school and everything is at some point, 
there is a police report about uh, 13 dead bodies found in the basement of Del Posto. That's awful. I wonder yep. what happened. It's a damn shame, really. I mean, that place always was pretentious, so now we know why. I did some um, research on Del Posto when I had a minute. Apparently, they're actually pretty well respected in the Italian fine dining community, but I don't. I can't shake how pretentious they feel. That, I mean, that's good to know. Like, we're not we're not actually throwing shade at real at real life Del Posto. No, no. <laughs> you're not. I am. Their their photos look pretentious as fuck. <laughs> oh, I meant I meant by having the uh, the. The, the sick fuck of ma- the sick fucks of mafia use them. No, no, no. We're not, we're, not, we're not throwing shit at Del Posto because of our, of our fictional world of vampires. We're throwing shit at them because their food looks pretentious and like it, like it's looking at. It's I don't know. I didn't realize uh, Del Posto is actually run by vampires and, or the the mob. You know, either one. We're kind of screwed, probably. All the money in New York flows somewhere. With uh, that revelation, the. Uh, the restaurant had to shut down during the investigation. And at some point in that time, that building got firebombed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it is a smoking crater. When you're in New York, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's one way to tell the stuff that they're fired. New York's empire state of mind. The best way that they can, uh, the, the best thing that they can determine is that uh, a, a gang influence from outside of uh, outside of the city came by and decided to uh, make their presence known. Must have been the Irish. You're right. Them dead danged Red Sox. You think just the the the, uh, the city of Boston came down and fucked up the restaurant? <laughs> Yeah, just all of Boston. Boston the, is a gang. the collector. The collector city of Boston is one big Irish American gang. I'm not hearing anything that's wrong here. No. <laughs> As it about another week goes by, you guys are studying for tests. You guys are kind of figuring stuff out, uh, continuing to live life as uh, as students. Um, Unless, of course, it like there was anything that you guys wanted to particularly do that. Uh, worked with the like the supernatural community in any way like, I, I, will, I will be keeping an eye on my coroner's office for any weird bodies that come through okay uh noted but, but other than that no um one of the things you guys do notice is is that at some point there was a new comic book distributed uh that fairly uh Fairly well shows each of your uh, exaltations being done. Um, all of you have had. Um, Brendan? What? Describe them to us, Brendan. Oh. <laughs> you you all were here for your own exaltation. A lot of the thing, a lot of the details are similar but different. They have you guys fighting uh, werewolves in the original thing. Or in in the in the issue, um, everybody's names have obviously been changed, and your styles are completely, almost comically at odds of what that you would normally wear. So, like Liv's stuff is very like 
like just bright colored goth is the best way I can think to put it. Ugh. Pastel goth. Pastel yes. goth. Lots of like Harajuku pink <laughs> and like oh, pastels. Candy raver. The candy raver. Ugh. Yeah, uh like there there's a lot of that. Uh Lenny is Lenny's character is dressed up as like a very like He's like a scrawny businessman looking type with like glasses and everything. Like pre Superman Cook. Yeah, like yeah. A male version of Marcy. And a two piece suit. Pretty much, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> two piece suit. Maximum yeah, and- uh, chance. Everyone is is uh super different like that. Uh just to as you know because they wanted to they don't want to like literally be like this is these guys. This is like here you go. These guys right here? Yeah, this is them. Cass is a basketball player. Yeah, uh Lenny's a hockey player. Yeah, I'll take hockey over basketball. But hockey Cass- players really they're actually eh, they're like average height. Big slam Um. So anyway, the when the, you guys do eventually get a hold of the the first issue, uh, it is well made, and people seem to be liking it and are very interested in what's going to be happening. And you can see that the title clearly says a single word on it: anathema. Nice. Oh. Um. Yeah. So that that is one of the things that happens uh, during the downtime. Then why did you choose that word? Uh, because that's what you call a collection of exalted. They're an anathema. It's pretty funny. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't anathema mean like something that you very much dislike? Yup. Yep. It's a whole running thing in actual exalted with exalted being, being called anathema. It's interesting. I guess that's, like, not too far out of line for superhero stuff. Like, if something isn't anathema of mine, I, like, despise it. They're like, you know, like your ultimate enemies. Yeah. But the name just kind of came to them. Fair enough. We gave them creative license. Hey, you you guys had the opportunity to name it. We didn't tell them they could do what they want. It's true. There were zero objections. Look, Cass has no idea what it means. Christina knows the context of it. So, the days drag on a little bit more. September rolls over into October. And then, eventually, uh, you guys are all sitting in one of the classes that you share. Uh, I'm going to say that Marcy got moved over into Religion 101 as well. Gosh, not Religion 101 again. Yep, welcome back with Professor Wallace, the robot. Uh, <laughs> We've all this had a professor like this. For airplanes. All right, now, class. Uh, it's nice to see everyone here today. Now, as you all know, we have had to miss some things due to uh, funding issues. So, today we will be doing one of two things. Uh, You can either take the pop quiz that I'm going to be putting up today, 
or you all can write a report within the next week about what you found at the na- at, in your trip to the Natural History Museum. Basically, I'm giving you guys a choice. Would you like to take a pop quiz or go to the natu- go to the New York Natural History Museum? What do you want us to do at the New York Natural History Museum, Brendan? I said just fuck them over and do pop quiz. A tempting uh, response. I mean, I was going to go for pop quiz because, you know, writing a report for this guy or just using my aesthetic memory to answer questions. In general, quizzes are way better than actually writing creative papers most of the time. Marcy would choose the uh, National History Museum. Wait, you said it was just a one-page report? Yeah. Oh, that's child's work. But also... Mm. Uh, Dude, one one page report for a class—that's fucking thirty minutes at best of writing. Be nice to be able to write a paper in thirty minutes. <laughs> like, what are we looking at? Is it double space, uh, normal uh, border, everything like that? It, it's a fucking paper. I'm not I, an I, English major. I wish well, it was that. I wish it was that easy. Not, but I've written so many college papers, though. Man, you're you giving me flashbacks. I don't want to write a paper. Por que no los dos? I mean, all, all, I mean, Cody's going to have a problem for all of them since he can't write. Damn Skippy. He can type, though, right? I don't know. <laughs> Cody's the one who made up this fucking rule. Your guess is as good as mine. Wait, you can't? You don't know how to write? Remember, he cursed. He just has to write cursive. Uh but if he writes in cursive, isn't every word a curse? <gasps> the only way to negate cursing is to write in cursive. Okay, guys, so it's time for a pop quiz then, I guess. Cause... You guys all suck. The museum would have been so much more fun. We don't need an assignment to go to the museum, Marcy. We can just go to the museum later. Yeah, if you really want to go, we can just take you. So Marcy wants to go to the museum, and the rest of you all are just like, fine, fucking pop quiz, let's go. Yeah, pop quiz and done, yo. Just done. Yeah, kinda, sorry. And then go and enjoy the museum. And suddenly there we are at the museum. Everybody got A's because Lenny uses eidetic memory and then had Liv and Cass help him write it down. Yay for exemptions. Yeah, okay. Um, Okay, so you guys uh, go to the museum after handing in your pop quizzes. There at the Natural History Museum in New York City, which is on the upper west side of Manhattan. So you guys had to pass by the, uh, the Empire State Building again. Is there still a gigantic apple on the top of it? Uh, you ask Lenny, who can just peer into the umbra for free. Uh, he lets you know, yes, there is. I think I can also peer into the umbra for free. But okay. No, I think you have to actually spend essence to do it. Oh, you're right. I do have to actually spend essence. Did that, did that recuperate, by the way? Yes, that has recuperated by now. Excellent. Okay. So, as you guys approach the Museum of Natural History... There are a few uh, flyers out with, um, uh, like, uh, advertising, like, new exhibits that have come there. Uh, you guys know that, like, 
it has it has one of the most one of the largest and most complete Tyrannosaurus Rex skeletons uh, on the planet. There, it has a lot of great exhibits about like birds and uh, like ocean life, marine biology. Show me the mummies. So there are a few uh, new, a few new uh, things that are there. Uh, one of them, a few ancient gems that recently washed ashore in Italy. Also, uh, from the exhumed from the Dead Sea is what they are calling the Crystal Coffin. Are there three letters written on the side of it? I don't know, maybe. Do, do those three letters start with a D? <laughs> no. For oh, once, this is not a JoJo reference. Oh. They're also an I in there no, no, I just said that for once this is not a JoJo reference. There's no there's no stone mask taken from the Amazon. Believe you, Brendan. Would you believe me if I said that I have not actually written a JoJo reference for this game yet? I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, so uh those are the two main things that they are uh displaying. Um something that wa- that washed up on the shores of Italy. Um, some like a lot of the extra stuff that goes into their uh, advertisement is like, maybe these gems were from the fabled Atlantis. And the crystal coffin display uh, says, you know, oh, it's uh, got like biblical connotations and everything like that. Because, you know, it came out of the, the Dead Sea. Like with scrolls and everything. Once you guys get in there, you guys can totally look at it. Yeah, no, because I I wanted to look at the the placards for the crystal coffin, if it's occupied or if they've opened it or anything like that. It does not say on the ad on the advertisement, but you guys do go in. Uh, I you guys pay for your way in. It's like I want to say like fifteen bucks to get in. Gee, Mister, I don't have a lot of money on me, but. I've got this project for school. You think you could let us through? Uh, li- listen here, uh, young man. I don't. The museum's got to make money, you know. These uh, importing art, uh, importing uh, things from around the world, uh, you know, that does cost money. Lenny, I I can pay for you. It's fine. Listen here, bud. We're here for school and we're trying to just learn stuff if you take the $15 away from each of us like yeah it'll help the museum but think what we could do if we have to keep most of that money how much we could further the our education and have the purpose of letting everybody else know how fantastic you are how fantastic the museum is and bring income more income by you know basically advertising for you he he looks to you a little bit confused, and he just kind of goes, you, you know that we're the American Museum of uh, Natural History. We're, like, literally one of the most famous museums, like, on the continent. I appreciate the gumption, kid, but, uh... Basically, I'm not trying to get to do the lettuce in for free. I'm trying to get them to lower the price down for us to be able to go in by a little bit. Like a twofer. I mean, look at her. Cass is... Like, that's a child's ticket. She doesn't take up much space. (laughs) Like, there's probably a... Like, if you could hear an eye roll 
you do from Liv, and he pays his fifteen dollars and enters the museum. I'm also just gonna pay the fifteen for Marcy and then the fifteen for Lenny. Uh, I don't know if you have money or not. I do have money. All right, I'm just gonna pay the thirty for Lenny and Marcy to get in. We all have money. I just didn't want to spend any. I don't want to spend fifteen dollars for you. I also don't know what money you have. You said you didn't have any for the guard, so I assume you didn't have any. I was just trying to tongue tongue my way in. Never know till you try. So you guys get in. You guys get in, and uh, there are a couple other uh, displays and everything that you guys can look at. There, there is a great fucking dinosaur display there. I will say this: when you guys walk in, you can literally see like a giant like herbivore dinosaur's head like poking out around the corner. Um, but some of the other new things that they have is they have let's see uh, a a very limited time, uh, maybe the next couple of weeks. Uh, looks like it says through the. Uh, uh, the first of November is when it, it's going to uh, when it's going to go away. So, like the last night for there is Halloween, uh, and there and the display is called the Ancient Vials. Uh, they are recently discovered six vials of indeterminate age. They have been corked and sealed in wax. Huh? Smells like MacGuffin in here. Um, and finally, the other uh, major display besides something that besides things you can actually find on their website is the hilt of the first sword, which is a massive sword hilt encased in bronze. It is roughly three feet in length, and the hilt itself seems like it was designed for some kind of massive being at least 12 feet tall to wield. Oh, no. Sounds like a challenge to me. Were you reading all that off the website? Uh, no, th- those last parts I was not reading off the website. Those parts I have actually put into my documents. Simple man, Freebird's at least 12 feet tall. He also doesn't have opposable thumbs. He can't wield a sword. Uh, you've obviously never played Dark Souls, bud. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. <laughs> now listen, I'm not saying give that dog a sword, but I am saying give that dog a sword done deal. And he can just walk out with it because he's a ghost who's gonna stop him. The ghost cops? Do those exist, Tyler? Yes. Yes, they do. That wouldn't even surprise me. <laughs> they're creatures of darkness. I'm allowed to kill them. I bet they're not. I bet that. You know, what, you know who I bet the ghost cops are? Other solars. Realize, Tyler, you're a ghost cop, basically. Technically, I'm also a creature of darkness. Yeah, they're princes of the underworld. Yeah. Which display do you guys want to go to, want to check out first? I really want to have Simple Man Freebird tell me what that coffin tastes like. Came out of the Dead Sea. I bet you it's salty as fuck. Yep. Yeah, but I want to know for sure. Um, so yeah, if you want Simple Man Freebird to go and lick the coffin, he will. Do it for the boys, bud. Do it for the boys. Boys. He goes off and finds it, and he comes back a few minutes later, and he, uh... Leonard, I know that you've asked me to do this task, but that thing scares the absolute dog piss out of me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what 
what's with it, bud. It you'll just have to see it, but it it's absolutely terrifying. So uh Well now I have to see it. Right. What's uh, man Freebird is scared pitchless of the coffin. Oh. I mean I can't talk to him, remember? So wait, what's going on, Lenny? Uh so I asked Simple Man Freeberg to lick the coffin for me, just so we can find out what it tastes like. But apparently, it's terrifying. So, that was my thoughts. Maybe it needs punching. Apparently, it scares the dog piss out of him. Well, he is a dog, so I would hope it would be dog piss coming out of him, and not like cat piss or something. or Or human piss. But let's go and look at it. Agreed. Okay, so you guys go and look at this coffin. If you guys uh, could each make me a um, perception and alertness roll at difficulty seven. Once that, uh, once I see your results, I will read you guys out the placard and everything. Fuck me. What the hell, Brit? I guess Brit just like siphoned all my luck. Well, fuck. What do I see with my eyes? Okay, I will. Eyes. I will actually get back to you in a moment. I want to address the botch in the room. So, uh, Cass, with a total of negative three successes, going towards the crystal coffin. At some point, uh, something else catches your vision, and you get lost along the way. Uh, you are now separated from your friends. And you have instead uh, landed yourself in front of the ancient vials display. That's fine. I'm okay with being here too. As that it said on the advertisement up front, uh, there are in fact six vials here, but only three of them have anything in there. However, the liquid does look fresh, despite the fact that this is uh, very old, old, old work. Um, is there anything distinguishing about the vials? Whether it's shape, color, um, if I can see the liquid in them, how they're stoppered, if they're stoppered versus something else, you know what I mean? Yes, actually, there's a few things that are distinct about them. And they're pretty easy to tell because uh, the translations and everything are right up front for it. It seems like that it is using an old, uh, basically the placard in front of you says that uh, the writing on the vials is using an old form of Macedonian script. Or no, Mesopotamian. That, that's the word I was looking for, not Macedonian. Those are two completely different things. And they have since translated all six of the vials. Now, um... The three that are corked have uh, what looks like uh, pretty standard corks on them, and they are also sealed in wax. Uh, If you lean in close enough, you can see the empty vials are labeled as, and this is from uh, left to right, the Final Gasp, the Great Contagion, and the Black Death. The vials that are filled... Uh, with colored liquids, have uh, different colored liquids. And going from the middle where that uh, the Black Death was, uh, kind of like to the right of that one, is a vial that is filled with a white liquid. Um, and the translation reads, The Plague of Bone, 
the one next to it is a green liquid uh, that translates to the hell of rotting flesh. And the final one is a yellow liquid titled Stygian Curse. Brendan, I have so many feelings about all of these. Um, one of the things to note here is, is that this uh, this exhibit is only going to be here until uh, Halloween. Afterwards, it will be taken into custody by the CDC so that they can be studied uh, be, in case they do, in fact, contain dangerous substances. Oh, man. Oh, man. Dangerous substances. Oh, man. The CDC probably would have studied them before putting them in the museum in case they did contain dangerous substances. So I feel like this museum is doing this ass backwards. What happens a lot of times in museums, I think, is they, like, buy stuff and then the places that, like, need the things find out that they have them and they're like, hey, we're gonna come take this. And the museum is like, no, 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 give us, like, a couple weeks, please. They paid money for this. So they have like you, a couple a couple days to like show it before they get it. Yeah, you are pretty much correct. They basically paid money thinking that this was going to be like, haha, look at this, like somebody was trying to make wine. Ha ha. And then their dudes translated it and they're like, uh, did are are these plagues? Like, if we open this, will there be a plague? Yes, sir. I can tell you. Based off of the names of those. Because I recognize, uh, I think all of them except for one. Yeah, yes, they are. Is the one that you did not re recognize called the final gasp? Yes. Yeah, uh, that's a reference to uh, influenza. By the way, because you know the fucking flu is a was actually a big deal when it first started. For sure. So anyway, uh, while that Cass encounters the uh, the plague vials, uh, the rest of you do make it to the crystal coffin. Cody got two, and Britt got eight successes. On six dice. It was very amazing. Four of them were tens. So, here are the things that you all notice. Tyler, at the uh, the least amount of successes, uh, notices as that he's looking at it that he... Uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. So in reading the placard in front of it, uh, you notice something weird about it is that when you look at the symbols on the on the coffin, uh -huh. um, when you actually look at them, you can kind of recognize what they are. But the moment that you take your eyes off of it, you can't remember what was in there. Oh, you bitch. It says on the placard in front of you guys that uh, no one knows what these symbols mean and that they do have some experts coming over in a couple months. But because of some weirdness about the about the crystal uh, that is in there, uh, pictures uh, fade over time um, and nothing can hold the actual shape of the uh, the words and everything that are scrawled on there on there. The pictographs. Another thing that you notice, uh, Tyler, that is just striking, like, right out at you is um, somewhere on the coffin, it just, like, it immediately, like, pings with you. You do see your cast mark on there. Oh. Ew. 
Um, for Cody and uh, uh, for Cody as well as Britt, obviously, uh, as you guys are looking over uh, the coffin and everything, you each also find your own cast marks on there. Uh, Cody, with uh, with the two successes that you got, I'm going to give you something extra that is specific to you. Um, you notice a certain type of pictographic script that you know as uh, tattoos for uh, for a certain kind of people. If you want to, you are allowed to share that information with the class or not. I'm sure it definitely won't be relevant to part of this game at all, Cody. Yeah. Huh. But I'm going to point to it, like point to the scroll work. My sisters have tattoos like that. Ta- tattoos like these? And I'm just going to point in that direction. And your sisters? Yeah, my older sisters. Brendan, may I make a separate occult roll? Uh, sure thing. Uh, f- for specifically what? Uh, the symbols on the coffin. Which ones? Because there's a lot of them. Um, ones that jump out to me personally. Other than my cast mark. Okay, um, in that case, let me look at my list real real quick here. So, Lenny, do do you know where they got the ideas for those tattoos? Yeah, it, it's a family thing. Okay, um, Tyler, could you roll me a D4 so that I can determine which set that you're looking at? Ooh, spicy. So, Man, this dice roller just hates my goods. Oh, wow. So, uh, Lenny's gonna, like, pull the collar of his shirt down and show Marcy his tattoo that matches that. See, everybody in my family's got them. But, like, why did you pick that as your, like, why does your family pick that? Like, what does it mean? I don't know, as long as I, I've had it as long as I can remember. Like, everybody in my family's got them. It's, it's like a birthmark, kinda. No JoJo's reference, my ass. That is actually not a JoJo's reference. It's not actually a JoJo reference. Uh huh. So, uh, Liv, you focus on the uh, on some of the baleful green marks on this coffin. Uh, they give you a with one success uh, because you have encountered something like this before. Um, they give you a weird, familiar sense like what that uh, Rose had when it uh, when she exalted and when she went into her demonic form. Ah, infernal bullshit. Interesting. Uh, the mark looks like a... Uh, the mark that you focus on specifically looks almost like a uh, tornado. Are pictures allowed in this museum? Yes, yes, they are. However, you do know that um, any picture that is taken of this thing, uh, the markings on it fade. Hey, uh, Lenny. Yeah. You have a pretty good memory, right? Yeah, I can remember anything I look at. Later on, after we leave, could you recount the symbols on this this, uh, coffin to me, if I ask you to? Yeah, I could probably draw them up for you. Excellent. Cody, I, I will let you know that uh, since you're exalted, I will allow it to happen. And since you do have eidetic memory, um, 
but actually remembering them is going to be a difficulty nut. Because this thing has some, like, crazy bullshit that is, like, stopping uh, recording of its, uh, of its features. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> Whether it would be difficult or not doesn't mean that Lily's not gonna tell Liv, yeah, I can do it. Okay, fair. Uh, so, um, for Marcy, looking at this crystal coffin, um, you notice a couple other things. With eight goddamn successes. Please, tell me, what do I see? So, you can see that there are two sets of, uh, like, almost like, uh, almost like a night and day cycle of, like, the sun, uh, around the head of the coffin. It basically goes, uh, Dawncast symbol, Zenith symbol, which is, uh, I believe your symbol, right? Yes. Uh, Twilight, Night, Eclipse. And then it does the reverse in, like, when you look at it, you know that the colors are meant to be inverted. And they're actually done in, like, a different metal. Do the colors matter because Marcy's colorblind? Um, you can tell that it is using a different metal. Okay. You don't know what colors that they are, but you can tell that it is using a different metal. In one direction, one metal, and in the other direction, it's a different metal? Yes. And you said all of the casts for Solars except for Day? No, all, all, all five of the casts should have been there. Dawn, Zenith, Twilight, Night, Eclipse. Oh, I, for some reason I thought Day was one. I'm, that's my bad. I don't know exactly very well, obviously. No, no, it's fine. Uh, Zenith is the equivalent of Day. Zenith is uh, is is the word for uh, high noon, basically. It's when the sun is at its highest. It's high noon. And then it basically repeats the same pattern on the other end, uh, which is where that lives... Uh, eyes were taken. He looked at the bottom half of this. You also see a couple other things. Uh, pictographs um, that are very angular. I would describe them as silvery, but you're, you're fucking colorblind. <laughs> they're gray. So they, they look uh, I can tell if they're shiny. They are, they are in fact shiny. Other things you notice are the weird tattoo things that uh, that Leonard pointed out. And then also the green marks that uh, when you look at them, uh, because you've never seen something like this before, they kind of give you they, they give you that uh, that weird feeling like uh, like the hairs on the back of your neck are standing up like this, like looking at them is wrong. I'll probably like look at them for a moment just to note how they look and then go back to looking at something else. You also see that there are... Uh, Britt, have you ever seen Tron? I have. Okay, so you notice uh, almost like Tron lines going through this thing that are also filled with a metal of some kind and uh, they look almost like Tron lines or like a barcode at some places. And finally, as that uh, Cass finally makes her way back to the group, and Cass notices at the astrological sign of uh, 
Saturn? Jupiter? Which one is uh, Secrets? This is Jupiter. Jupiter. Right, right, because they had you in the middle of a fucking uh, hurricane at your exaltation. As soon as it casts, comes onto the scene, she notices the astrological sign for Jupiter, and then immediately as soon as it, she's there, Brit, they all kind of light up in your head, as the best way I can put it, and you see uh, that astrological sign, and then also four others. Four other astrological signs? Or like, yes. for a specific whatever belongs to us lighting up? Uh, four other uh, astrological signs lighting up. Okay. Um, I remember earlier you said if like, someone takes a picture, it eventually like fades. If I start like drawing this stuff, will that also happen? You can try. So I'm gonna pull out a notebook from my computer bag and a pen or pencil and attempt to recreate the drawings as best as I can. But um, in the case of them possibly disappearing like taking pictures i'm gonna do something that would make them different from what's on the coffin so like maybe an x over top of them or make a line a different direction or something small enough that we can still tell what it was supposed to be but enough to make it a different symbol okay yeah uh i'll let you do that like if it's supposed to be a straight line i might draw a straight line but then like in the middle do like a little like almost like a heartbeat jump and then continue the straight line therefore it's not the exact same thing but i know it's supposed to be a straight line since it's a key that i'm making and i drew okay yeah i'll allow that brendan i have a weird question sure thing you said um when liv was looking at stuff and looked away it kind of faded but when he wasn't looking at it does the same thing happen when Cass looks away as well? Yes. So we realize it's happening, right? You guys do realize that it's happening. As that uh, Marcy goes to draw it um, and trying to hold it in her head, uh, she draws basically completely the wrong symbol. Like, the intention is to draw slightly different. It is going to be completely wrong. So having Archie 4, does this feel very akin to the arcane abilities. You know what, considering that you're considering that you have that so high, I'm going to say yeah, it has uh, some kind of arcane on it that uh, makes it fade from memory very fast. Just continuously be kind, rewind. Five seconds just before we forget. She can only do that twice in a scene. Well, never mind. Then. But we get the feeling that these are cast marks Generally, yes. you guys do take away that the, that it does have cast marks on it, but like if you were asked to put them in the exact order, you could never remember it. Gotcha. Huh. Almost like it's a seal, and it's that way for a reason. Okay. Um. So, do you guys have any other questions or ideas that you want to throw at me? Huh. Uh, I'm gonna turn to to cast and ask what where she got turned around at. Oh, I got distracted. Uh, I found the vial, though. Interesting okay. things. Um, some of them have stuff in them, and they got some very ominous sounding things to them. Uh, maybe I'll get you to show me on the way out. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I'm gonna the placard. I'm gonna look at the placard real quick after I'm done talking to it. 
has no mention of what's inside of it? It does not have any kind of mention of what's inside of it. But the people who exhumed it, they think that it is just a weird formation of uh, sea salt crystals at the bottom of the uh, the Dead Sea, since the Dead Sea has a lot, a lot, a lot of salt. Uh, they really don't know, like, a whole lot about it. They literally just got it in. Okay, so, feel free to say no. So I'm reading main filter and practices, and it doesn't mention that I need to, like, see the person or really anything about it, just that I just kind of need to know that who the target is, in a sense. I just have to... I can tug on the strength of fate for a target. I'm gonna see if I can try and pull a name of... if there's a body in there, of their name. Well, shit, I did not plan for this. Um, g- but... You are right about name pilfering practice, so go ahead and roll it. Let's see how on the fly I gotta think here. Three successes. Okay, um... Can I come back to you on that? I am going to give you a yes, you did get something, but I need to, like, think on it a little bit. Okay, so while that you're sending your... While you're tugging on the strings of fate, you can feel fate trying to push back at you and you can feel that you've gotten something but it's going to take a little while for it to uh, stick in your brain almost like part of that arcane nature of the thing is uh, stopping it so you guys see Cass staring intently at the coffin and she's kind of moving her fingers as if she's just one of her hands in front of her Kind of like as if she's just reeling something in with her fingers. Uh, as if she was like playing with string or something like that. And she pauses and almost gives a, a hard tug. And we'll see guys. So I, it might take a bit, but I I think that I, I might have a name of whatever's in there. Follow up. What's this thing look like through Simple Man's eyes? Right, because you never got to that. The best way that I can describe this thing to you is uh, through Simple Man's eyes. It appears to be a fetal positioned body uh, that is humanoid. But uh, does not possess skin, so to speak. So like just muscle structure? Uh, As far as he can tell through the crystal, yes. Look the, like it's about 12 feet tall. It does not look... Uh, it actually looks closer to like 7 or 8. Okay, so it probably wouldn't be wielding a 12 foot tall person's sword. Um, the other thing that is weird about it is that there appears to be no head, but there are weird tentacle-like things protruding from what would be its neck. There's about seven of them. And we're sure this isn't a JoJo reference. What would this be a JoJo reference to? Oh, wait, that's backwards. Dio said stole stole JoJo's body. Never mind. 
You'd be very surprised at what it's a reference to. I will tell you if this thing ever wakes up. Is it a reference to book? Is it a reference to what? A book? Uh, Yes, it is a reference to a book. That connotation didn't sound very kosher to me. Uh, I would say that it's a very kosher book, or at least the first half of it is. Is that a Bible reference, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, it fucking is. Took me a minute. Yeah, I was my, my the, the gears are still turning in my head. I don't know the Bible. Sorry, I can't say that I know what this is either. Liv, you asked uh, you asked Cass to show you where the vials were, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you're going over there, as you guys are going over there, uh, you do notice that you are somehow out of coffee. Oh no. Does anyone want to go and get him coffee? Lenny? Yeah? Is the, uh... Well, I was gonna see if Marcy wanted to come with me to go look at a sword while they were looking at death vials. But I guess I can grab him coffee from the concession area. I can just go with Lenny as well. That way we can like, maybe stop by the sword or something. Okay, yeah, you guys can uh, go get Liv some coffee, and then bring him coffee, and then go check out the sword. Yeah. Why can't Liv get his own coffee? Liv can get his own coffee. Well, this is a plot device. So. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Ma- MacGuffin caffeine. <laughs> I just want to make sure there's not, like, Be- something I'm missing. Because Liv could totally refill his coffee right now, but if he did, things are going to get a whole lot spookier. Yeah. And it's probably best that Liv doesn't get the uh, the opportunity to make things in the already kind of spooky museum with the death vial and the and the Bibble uh, monster in the crystal coffin. Uh, the old Bibble monster. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, second question. Does the museum allow gum chewing? Yeah. Then I'm going to pop a few pieces of gum in my mouth. What I was trying to say earlier was, before all that happened, uh, is you notice Cass is very kind of jittery and anxious. Cass drank my coffee. Damn it. No. (laughs) She's like biting at her nails and just kind of moving quicker. Is that not what happens when other people drink coffee? It's not from not. It's not from drinking your coffee. Yes, you're right, but no, you're not right. The best. <laughs> so yes, but also no. The best. That is a thing that does happen to people when they drink coffee. But this, she's doing this for other reasons. Okay. Okay. So, Lenny and Marcy, you guys go to uh, to the local Starbucks in the museum. There are. Two no, there's a cashier and there's a cashier and two baristas, and then there are as you guys get into line, there's like three other people that get behind you. Like everybody suddenly wanted coffee. Huh. Man. There's a lot of people with caffeine addictions in this city. I mean, I'm not addicted to caffeine, but caffeine's pretty nice. Sounds like something an addict would say. Cody, can you please make me a perception and alertness roll at a difficulty nine? I 
can. Uh, Cody, I'm going to ask you to uh, not take any of this stuff that I'm about to say in character. Um, so, Britt, um, Marcy notices that she gets tapped on the shoulder by a uh, by a woman behind her. Okay, um, I will kind of turn slightly to see who's tapping me. Uh, there is a very pretty, if uh, muscular woman uh, with uh, short blonde hair. Uh, she looks at you and she just kind of goes, Good day, little lady. Uh, would you mind uh, stepping outside the Starbucks for a second? I, I have some uh, business with that, that the gentleman in front of you. But... Why do I have to leave? I, I'm trying to get coffee, and the line just got really long. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, uh... Your coffee's on us. I just got some business with that gentleman in front of you. I'm gonna look to, uh... Lenny, and then kind of look back to them, and just kind of... shake my head lightly, and just kind of be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I... I'd really rather not leave. I'd... Brit, you notice something on this lady. Let me guess, is it a tattoo that matches uh, Lenny's tattoo? Yes, it is. I'm gonna tap Lenny and uh, try to get his attention. Yeah, what's up, Marcy? And I'm gonna, like, take my head and kind of gesture to the person that tapped me. Um, this person here said they needed to talk with you um, and that I needed to step out. Cody. Yes. You hear uh, the sound of boots on top of a uh, on top of a countertop, and the you immediately recognize the the voice of your uh, your oldest sister, uh, Grace, as she yells out, "Good day, little brother." It's been a while since we've seen you. And she goes to do a flying kick directly to your face. As she was <laughs> hiding as, as she was hiding as the barista. Brendan, I know what you're trying to do for the accent, and then you totally flipped away from what you're trying to do. No, I I'm I'm very right. bad at Australian. But it makes sense. Somehow. Wait, the Van Zans are Australian? Yeah, 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 my family's Australian. Explain that. I can't. You explain that. In due time, mi amigo. In due time. I'm gonna go ahead and... I'm gonna go ahead and pop two essence and perfectly defend from all of her attacks for a single round. Okay, so, um... Heavenly Guardian technique. Now, does that do it against one target or against multiple targets? One target. <laughs> okay. So. Spicy. This is about to get very spicy. Very spicy. So, as that you perfectly defend against the first attack, the other barista and the cashier pull off their disguises to reveal themselves to be. <laughs> Uh, Olivia and Amelia, your 
another one of your uh, your older sisters. Oh god! And then the girl wasn't picking one out of the eight. That was picking how many of the eight? Yes, I was picking how many of the eight of your sisters were gonna jump you. <laughs> how many did you get? Four. Six. Six. Oh, oh, oh! That's the three people in line. Perfect. Uh. The one who was talking to Marcy, uh, Ava, immediately goes to put you into a bear hug and is going to start activating charms. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Here <laughs> she you is. She is an earth-aspected dragon blood. Why are y'all always picking on me? <laughs> Come on, little brother. You know that this is how we got to do things. God, I can't do a fucking Australian accent and not have it turn into just fucking Southern. Fuck it, they're Southern. Come on, mate. No, that's what happens when Australians transplant to Alabama, Brendan. Australians are like the world's yeehaw, to be fair. Okay, fair. All right, then, brother. This is, this is for your own good. Uh, and then on top of that, as that Ava gets you into a... Once that Ava goes to get you into a bear hug, you also know, notice that Mia and Charlotte were also behind her. Six of <laughs> your sisters have shown up, and two of the ones that you know are dragon-blooded are here. In the the Earth-aspected Ava and the Air-aspected Grace. Marcy is very confused and not sure what to do. Um... You could still look to Lenny with a like a look of very confused and just be like, D "Do you need help? Like, do do I need to help you with your family? Is this a bad thing?" Am I just being grappled, or am I in the process of being choked out? You're about to be grappled. Okay, about to be grappled. Nah, it'll it'll be fine. It's uh, family this is business. How they love me. Family business. Yeah. Fuck. Of course, <laughs> stronger than I am. Hey guys, Brendan here. Thanks to everyone who stuck with us through the ups and downs of this year. We hope 2021 finds us all better. And someday soon, maybe we can return to in-person games. Until then, you'll just have to deal with my insanity over the internet. Which is fine, because people can't see the dumb faces I make when I do voices. This season's theme song is Epic Blockbuster 2 by Raphael Crux. Other music in the episode was provided by Brian Boyko, Alexander Nakarada, Raphael Crux, and Kevin McLeod. If you like what you heard from us, give us a follow, like, and comment, or even leave a review in your podcatcher of choice. It helps us get out to more ears and introduces more people to our craziness. If you'd like to interact with our craziness, tweet at us at a pair of dice lost on Twitter, or send an email to a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. 
Finally, we hope you guys continue to enjoy this content. Hearing fan responses this past year has been fantastic, and we can't wait to share more things with you guys. And remember, as your personal storyteller, I saw that cool thing you just did, so have some stunt dice. <laughs>